Welcome to the Life is a Ceremony podcast by Petiti Institute. We're inspired to share practical insights to engage everyday life as an evolutionary journey. Every moment is an opportunity to practice. If you would like to send us a question or a comment or a donation, you're welcome to visit www.paititi-institute.org. That's www.paititi-institute.org. Today, Roman will be discussing an overview of the primordial culture, the perspectives of Andean, Amazonian, and Tibetan lineages, the cosmology and creation stories pointing to the purpose of life, and the insights into our interconnected nature. There was this very advanced culture, and this culture had a very deep insight into the nature of reality, into this higher organic intelligence that is present everywhere, and also including our own organism. Uh, that was the, what was considered by the ancestors the sacred science. Some people might have watched the documentary that was made about the work of our institute called The Sacred Science, where we had eight people with different illnesses that we worked with but that was just one small part of the sacred science is the healing of the physical illnesses and the sacred science encompassed every aspect of life every aspect of existence it had to do with being born into the world growing up discovering one's highest potential and learning how to share it in the community setting living in balance and harmony with the surrounding world, engaging in life in a way that brings the most benefit to oneself and others, and honoring all life forms and cultivating the food and recognizing the greater organism, dealing with all the challenges, all the way up to dying and transcending death. And so the sacred science it had to do with all of those aspects of life. Legends that originated in that time, share how the sacred science was about a certain reciprocity, interconnectedness. And those are still the main cornerstones of these traditions. In Quechua, it's called Aini. It's the reciprocity, it's the right relationship, the interconnectedness, the interdependence. And it also has to do with this realization that we are not separate from each other and from the world. And this goes back to the creation story. In this tradition, the storytelling is considered to be a medicine in and of itself. And sometimes it's challenging because in our modern world, there is this popular trend of uh, having very little attention span and this need for constant entertainment. Sometimes people get anxious and it's like, okay, just, you know, let's, get on with it you know i just want to do something drink some magical potion i want to experience something but in this tradition it's actually the meaning the higher purpose the perspective the context is considered to be more essential than the air that we breathe and so it's like every moment has to be infused with higher purpose with higher meaning and without that then we are just wasting the air that's like how it was related to me and so the storytelling is a big part of the medicine really tuning in and recognizing the higher purpose in this life in every moment in every experience 
And so the creation story in the Amazon and also here in the Andes, in many communities, this is the main central creation story. And the creation story, how life has originated in the world, talks about the love relationship between the Mother Earth and the Father Son. And uh, in the Amazon, the people say that when it rains, then it's Father Son making love to the Mother Earth, and the rain is the semen that inseminates the Earth, and then all life forms are born from the womb of the Earth. And Amazon is considered to be the greatest biodiversity on the planet, and it rains a lot in the rainforest. So we can see how the ancients came to that conclusion. And it's this uh, animistic way of relating to life, where it's the recognition that it's not just the physical earth or the physical sun, but it's a symbol of the unconditional love that is infused with the bright light of consciousness. And then, of course, it's this kind of relationship that is taking place through the water, which is certain nourishment, nurture, that transcendence, wisdom that creates life. Then the creation story goes a little bit deeper than the modern biology, where they say that the, all the life forms that are born out of that relationship, they are very essential aspects of that relationship. So all the life forms are the children of those universal parents, the universal mother and father, and all the life forms are also channels of that infinite love that is continuously being channeled from the universe to the earth and from the earth to the universe. And so then uh, all the problems in our lives, then uh, they take place because of us forgetting ourselves as the universal channels and then getting stuck in this illusion of separation, in this egocentric bubble of self-gratification, self-absorption and just wanting to be happy on the account of everyone else and not caring about anyone or anything, not even about the organism that we are inhabiting. That's the perspective of this tradition, is that uh, the, all the problems happen in our lives when we forget about reciprocity, when we forget about this right relationship with the universe. And happiness is not possible unless shared. If I just care about my own happiness, and I don't care about anyone or anything else, then sooner or later somebody will step on my toes or I end up sitting on the cactus that I myself have planted. That's the perspective of this tradition. And this love, right, this remembering oneself as a channel of love, again, what does that even mean? In this tradition, it's viewed that this love, it's an energy of life. It's an energy of life and it's not some kind of energy that is somewhere out there that we have no idea what it is and we have to fantasize about and visualize some kind of figures of light. But actually uh, this energy of life is something that is very present. It's continuously here experienced by us, often too obvious for us to notice. And so the indigenous people, they refer to this energy as the psychic energy. It's the energy of our emotions, the energy of our feelings, the energy of our states of being. It's the energy of every moment. Every moment is completely new and unlike any moment before. Every moment is unique and every moment brings something up. Some moments I like and I'm open to them and some moments I don't like and I'd rather call the cookie monster. And then how much 
life is actually lived, how much every moment is fully experienced openly, is determining actually the remembrance of oneself as a channel of this universal love, this channeling of energy. It's not just unique to the Amazonian or Indian culture. We can witness it and see it in many ancient cultures in the world. In India, they talk about the prana that is channeled through the nadis. In China, it's the chi that is channeled through the meridians. In the Hawaii, it's the mana. In Northern Native American tradition, it's this breath of life, the spark of life that we are all channeling. And many ancient cultures, maybe all of them, if we go far enough, actually uh, recognize this uh, wisdom of interconnectedness. Many ancient cultures, they have specific rites of passage, specific ceremonies that allow for that original memory of interconnectedness, of reciprocity, of no separation. That includes the Amazonian tradition. And in Amazonian tradition, the people say that actually, as human beings, we are meant to be happy, just like birds fly in the sky. That's our original birthright and heritage. And the only thing that prevents us from that is forgetfulness, forgetting that actually we all have this capacity, this capacity to be experiencing timeless happiness. Happiness that is not based on conditions. And this relates to this original state, the original memory. I think it's fair to say that no one wants to suffer and everyone wishes to be happy. And happiness is just a certain word. We can refer to it as well-being. We can refer to it as freedom. We can refer to it as fulfillment. But essentially, everyone have this kind of strive and at the same time different people have a different idea how to get to that happiness and even though those ideas are all different how to get to the happiness the happiness itself is something that is indescribable it's something that each individual knows deep within themselves on the level of being because it is something that has been experienced it has been glimpsed as a possibility and so for the indigenous people, it goes back to that indescribable state that is inherent in all of us. And it has to do with the original memory that we have absorbed on the level of being from the time that we were in the mother's womb. It's that original memory, that original experience of no separation. When the consciousness of the child is not separate from the consciousness of the mother, when there is this complete embrace and unconditional love and nurture and nourishment and support and protection being provided for. All the wishes are instantly fulfilled even without the need to wish that. Although it can be quite a challenging time in the mother's womb because you have to literally grow limbs. So there is a lot of growing pains involved. And at the same time, there is unconditional love and support that allows that to take place. There is not a worry in the world. There is this complete safety to the point where one can completely let go and rest and relax. And then, of course, from this state of profound restfulness, then evolution, healing, the unfoldment of highest potential starts to naturally manifest. And so then, from that original experience that is taking place in a more unconscious way, 
than coming into this world and actually needing to learn how to make it conscious right it's not as immediately apparent yeah the, i cannot crawl back into the physical mother's womb and at the same time i am still a part of this greater organism but i have to recognize that without recognition without awareness reciprocity doesn't work recently someone told me oh yeah you know consciousness awareness is not part of the ancient traditions i heard that uh, it's just reciprocity and you don't have to be conscious for that but actually you know it's kind of like it's easy to say that from the comfort of your couch of your home but in these cultures living in a harsh environment you have to be conscious to recognize the reciprocity otherwise you get eaten by a mountain lion or you fall down the mountain oh yeah everything is one how great you know i'm supported i don't have to worry about anything oh so yeah awareness is very essential and uh, working with the indigenous people you can see that there is this certain cunning eagle's eye awareness where also they can spot the tiniest thing from very far away in our old center it, it would baffle me sometimes we're like walking in a dense jungle and our local friend suddenly just freezes and i bump into his back and he's like look there's a poisonous snake and i'm trying to see it and i cannot see it for nothing and it takes me 15 minutes and then i see deep within the foliage hidden very far away there is a poisonous snake and they instantly with just such awareness because reciprocity is like that right reciprocity is not like everything is one and there is no difference and anything goes reciprocity has to do with awareness to see how everything actually fits together and how i can really be in tune with that because if i'm not in tune with reciprocity then i get eaten and so consciousness is a very essential piece in the ancient traditions and because they grow in this environment and it's just so obvious for them they may not talk about it so yeah so there has to be this consciousness there has to be this recognition okay yeah how can i really tune in and tap into that state of no separation while being fully active in it sometimes these uh, traditions they refer to by the indigenous people as the path of remembrance remembering that original state in a fully conscious way and learning how to maintain it in every moment of this crazy existence and another name that uh, the indigenous people refer to this path as the mastery of love because yeah it is about remembering oneself as this channel of infinite love but it has to be done with awareness it has to be done with discernment where i go into certain situations and it doesn't seem like it's very loving it seems like it's very tough and very challenging and i get lost and i don't understand why do i have to deal with this disease why do i have to deal with this pain i don't understand i don't see the love in that i don't see any meaning or purpose and then actually starting to tune in more deeply and really see what is this about and then starting to actually discover that it was a blessing in disguise that it was certain very loud wake-up call to come out of hiding to come out of complacency 
to come out of this very comfortable but very limiting scarcity mentality and starting to actually engage with life and figure things out and face oneself and then in that way it's a great love the love that uh, in these traditions it's called the love without pity knowing that i can do it and knowing that everyone else can do it too and that kind of love continues to blossom continues to develop alongside with this life and how this life can be meaningful and not just be stuck in a certain zombie existence and a routine hiding from challenges hiding from oneself hiding from this childlike awe and the sense of discovery that has to be supported has to be encouraged it's the mastery of love sometimes these traditions refer to it in that way in the amazonian tradition it's considered that everything that we are experiencing is love it just has to be understood as that it has to be really taken into this recognition that the suffering and in my own life definitely i discovered it in that way that the greatest suffering was not knowing why i was dealing with the pain and the disease that i was having and then once i started recognizing and opening up myself to the pain and to the understanding what it was about and being with it then actually seeing that together with that openness to the difficulty to things that i didn't want to see then all kinds of essential human qualities started to arise to the surface so because i stopped running away from my misery and from my pain and began facing it then i started to discover patience i started to discover kindness i started to discover relatedness i started to discover deeper meaning and the experience of reciprocity unconditional qualities of the heart that allowed me to actually start transforming that then at a certain point the willingness to see what issues in my life were about then got stronger than the fear of facing those issues and then that was the turning point in the healing journey that i've had so this is the basic perspective that everything is love and at the same time love can be either creative or destructive and so in these traditions if consciousness is brought into the experience of love then it becomes creative and if there is no consciousness in the experience of love then it becomes destructive and at the same time it's still love so if i'm not willing to face everything and bring my heart into the challenges of my life then those challenges they start to decompose me and eventually turn me into a compost that is useful for other life forms to grow from which is it's still love and if i'm willing to actually engage with the challenges in my life and then bring consciousness and creativity so consciousness is associated with creativity in these traditions then actually i am able to embrace and embody that greater love in a conscious way and then be useful to the greater organism in that way and so in these traditions everything is love thank you so much for joining us
If you have a question about what was shared today or wish to ask a question for us to cover in the future, please visit www.paititi-institute.org. That's www.paititi-institute.org. May all beings be happy and free.